He's back. Sports Radio is back. Here's the lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Presented by Wolf GMC Buick. We're making it easy. WolfGMCBuick.com. Welcome to the lowdown. Today's show, Jay's Playoff Bound, baby. And will a setter ever play for the Oilers? I'm thinking no. George Reed passes, and that means Saskatchewan Rough Rider fans everywhere across the world are in mourning. What a great player and what a great individual uh, who touched a lot of lives across Canada. Sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio Player Canada. Text or call 1-833-401-1440. That's 1-833-401-1440. And you can reach us at Twitter, at Low Tide, at Declan Kruger. The Lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. Wolf gmcbuick.com our guest today jason gregor will swing by and talk about the brandon sutter news we'll chat with cam lewis from jay's nation uh, the pitching rotation will be important a couple of big games obviously but you want to make sure that you can you know have that middle five six seven innings taken care of so we'll talk about the pitching and uh, michael sean duger from the athletic will join us and talk about monday night football okay here we go there's so much to get to we get, i just want to start with the jays because it's real simple they're playoff bound I'm reading a lot of people are like, wow, big whoop, they're in. Don't be so cynical. Have some faith. You know, they have really good pitching, and pitching beats hitting most of the time. They could go a ways. They could go, you might be, it's what, October 2 today. In the middle of October, you could be in some kind of wild frenzy over those Toronto Blue Jays. Have some faith. You know, there's a time to put down the the calculator, the, the adiator, and pick up a cap and just cheer your face off or whatever else you want to cheer off. Make sure you do it right now. They made the playoffs. They're in the postseason. My team hasn't played a Major League Baseball game since 2004. Although Tom Brady might bring them back. Did you see him in the the Expos? You know, because he was drafted by the Expos. Gorgeous. Man, I love that. That's outstanding. George Reed. So many things I could say about George Reed. Growing up in Saskatchewan, he was a legend when I was a kid. And all through, when I when I applied for a job, I got flown out from Red Deer to Regina for a radio job in 1984. I think it was 84. And I was picked up at the airport. I was uh, driven downtown to a hotel. I checked in. Two hours later, I got picked up again. And they toured me through all of the sites in Regina. And they were as follows. The Ledge, Wascana Park, Taylor Field, and George Reed's house. It was green and white. And we sat there, and the gentleman who was driving me around spent, I'm going to say, like 25 minutes idling on the street, talking to me about what George Reed meant to him as a player and what he had done for the community. By that time, Mr. Reed was at uh, Molson in Calgary. But an absolute legend. Wonderful player. When he was 24 years old as a rookie, he averaged 4.3 yards per carry, which is outstanding. And then 13 years later at 36 or 37, he was averaging 4.5. Absolute freak of nature. What an incredible career and what an incredible man. And may he rest in peace. Some hockey news for you. We're going to talk about Trevor Zegers in a second, but I want to get to the Oilers stuff. Brandon Sutter retiring I, I watched him play in preseason, and I really did think he had a shot. Now, he played back-to-back this weekend, and I think I think he called it based on what Mark Spector is reporting today. And that's just a matter of the orders were, were checking on his conditioning, 
I imagine there was at some point in time a conversation about an ATO down to Bakersfield like Jason Demers did last year, and you can't blame Brandon Sutter for not taking that. It's Long COVID is what he had, and, and you know, you can't talk to people about things anymore that, that are um, factual, but, but long COVID does exist, and he has it, and he gave everything he had to it, and I think it's very courageous of him to to walk away from the game after having tried it one more time. It was a long shot because he'd been off so long, but I respect the hell out of Brandon Sutter for trying it. Orders in Seattle tonight. The I, I wrote on the blog today, I said there's no way they can put Raphael Lavoie on a line without skill based on the, the player Allison L. from the Kraken had listed what the, the players were, not the lines and pairings. But I was wrong. They've got they've got them on a line with James Hamblin and Adam Ernie. We'll talk about the lines in a second. Lavoie is not in a feature role. I still think he's going to make the team or get traded, one of the two. Um, we'll see. Speaking of, of trades, I wrote in The Athletic today. If you get a chance, have a look at it. I asked the question, is there a blockbuster trade in the Oilers' future? And I suggested a bunch of different things. But the one that I landed on was Connor Hallibuck out of the Jets. So I'm going to ask you, Mr. Typing Man... Mr. Kruger, people want to hear the sound of your voice anyway. They're tired of me already. Would you consider this trade? I'll give you the framework. Halibach to Edmonton with some money retained by Winnipeg for Skinner, 2024 first, and Broberg. Not that I think it affects my answer, but how much money would Winnipeg retain in this? Scenario? It would be because because Skinner costs it would be quite a bit because yeah it it would be probably over a million might yeah. be two now you might have to trade CC two but they don't have a defenseman to trade back who's inexpensive I'm not sure how that would work. Listen, I really like Stu Skinner. Wow. I do. What about but, Stuart Skinner? Are you a big fan of him? I like Stuart Skinner. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but this roster. Is constructed to win now. Yes, and Hellebuck puts you in a better position to Amen, do that. Brother. And Amen. because of that, I would make the trade. But look at you being daredevil, man. But I would do it with. You're all Peter Shirelli. A little bit of bated breath. Have you ever riverboat gambled? I've never riverboat gambled. I don't think I've ever been on a riverboat. What? We got one in town, man. I know. I know. Still never been on it. But if I was on the riverboat, and and I'm Ken Holland, I'm taking that call and I'm making the trade. One time, I will tell you about the night I spent. Um, on the riverboat, riverboat with the uh, the staff from Fife and Deckel. Love that place. Oh my God, they're fun people. I I did well. All I'll say is that I'm glad that it stayed on the boat. Like the boat is like Vegas, <laughs> and nothing can get off the boat. Very happy about that. Low tide was a, a talky low tide that night. Uh, Trevor Zegras, three years, five point seven five million AAV. Now before we go any farther. I just want you to know, Zegras' NHL success, the contract he just signed, and any future that he has is not the fault of Philip Broberg. I know he was drafted one spot ahead of Zegras. I know that it makes you mad, but you need to put all of that anger and rage at Oilers' management, not at the player. Cheer for the player, rage against the management. It's important because Broberg is a guy sitting waiting to get drafted. He is, is an innocent bystander. In the whole thing. I don't know why I pronounced it that way. Um, oh, I do. It's a, it's in uh, 
It's in a Warren Zevon song, and he says it that way. NFL weekend, Eagles always have trouble with the Washington football club. That was the game of, of the week for me. I knew it was going to be tight. One thing I'll say about Jalen Hurts, his numbers aren't as effective this year as they were a year ago, but he's finding ways to win games that are really close, and they're 4-0 now, and I don't know that they're going to win the division, but they're they're four games into the year, and they're game up on Dallas and I like it. Did you notice anything exciting that caught your eye? I'm sure you're going to ramble on about the Bills, but what caught your eye on NFL weekend? Well, my biggest takeaway is that the Bills are still the class of the AFC East, but I'll keep it short. Listen, I mean, everyone likes to, you know, we like to see the big 70-point burger that Miami dropped on Denver. 70-point burger. But at the end of the day, it's the Where Denver you Broncos. Where get this stuff? I don't understand. <laughs> They're borderline not a football team. Now, I know the Bills had the hiccup to the Jets in week one. That happens in division games are always tough, but they came out there, proved that they were the class of the AFC East in this one. Chicago showed me that I, as bad as Denver is, Chicago is, <laughs> I mean, like you could put them in the CFL and I think they'd finish seven and 11. This is, this Horribly. is unfair of you. By the way, uh, Pittsburgh has claimed Jensen Harkins. I was hoping they owners might take a tie on him. Go ahead. Continue. No, I was just going to say, listen, Chicago, they have Carolina's pick next year. They're already looking. Justin Fields, his confidence is shot. The management, Matt Eberflus is, he, he can't coach a team. They have no management. They have no ownership direction. Uh, they have the top two picks next year as it stands right now. They got to turn that around. My biggest takeaways from the weekend, your Eagles yes. are going to be in the NFC Championship game as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, baby. The Bills are still the class of the AFC East. Okay. And Chicago might need to move to Dublin or London or San Antonio or something. So you say. They're not a real franchise. Come on now. Is, is Mike Ditka dead? Because they could bring him back. No, Mike Dick is alive. I is think. He? I think. Now that I say that, I don't know. I'm pretty sure Mike Dick Everybody is alive. knows Mike Dick, a former coach and former tight end, but a former coach of the Bears when they won in 86, I think it was. It was 85, yeah. 85, Super Bowl okay. champion in 85. I think they won that game 43 to 10 <sighs> over the terrible. Patriots. It was, it was just a bad, bad, bad game for the Patriots. And Can William I tell you a really quick Mike Dick story? Would love it. Would love it. Nobody will understand it. You will not get it. Uh, but I will tell you a story that made me laugh so hard when I read about it in Sports Illustrated that I, that I, Tears are rolling down my cheeks. So Mike Ditka is at home and the power goes out. He's sitting at home and the power goes out. Back then, all there was was landlines. And the phone rings and it's Mike Ditka's wife. And she's telling him, she's checking to see if the power is out. And she's telling him that I think it was to check something in the fridge. um, And maybe because it was... I don't know what time of year it was, but maybe put it out on the deck or whatever, uh, covered so that it would stay frozen, right? That's that's what she wanted to talk about. He says to her, the power's out. How did you get through? Now, in 1985, that was a funny joke. You know why? Because power has nothing to do with the phones. Now, nobody gets it. So, why did I tell the story? It was in my brain. That's the way it works. I like to listen. I'll always listen to a Mike Ditka story. I thought it was funny. I thought it was good. He Mike Ditka was a very basic. He's the guy who traded an entire draft for Herschel Walker, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. SMRT smart. That, <laughs> that Mike Ditka. Um, good afternoon, Low Tide. In honor of Brandon Sutter retiring, Hyman Sutter Kane. That's what he wanted to see. Hmm. He would have looked sharp in oily colors. I'm not a Ryder fan, but I'm sad to hear about George Reed. Amazing player, sad day. Really, honestly. You know, I, I, I was going to go on and on, but I, I, I didn't want to because um, we have a lot to get to today. But one of my favorite parts of the CFL, and it, it, 
it doesn't necessarily happen as much as it used to. But these guys came up from from Mississippi, and I, I talked to Ron Lancaster about this. And and you know he was he had no plans to stay here. He's going to stay up for a couple of years, and that was it. He and his wife were going to move home, and they stayed their whole lives together. And they built a, a family, and they loved Canada because Canada gave them opportunity and kept giving them opportunities and kept rewarding them. And because they were they were great athletes playing in a great league, and they stayed. They stayed even during the winter, and they were part of the community. And I, that's what I love most about the Canadian Football League. Like, um, I've seen Henry Gizmo Williams at least once a year for about the last 35 years. And shows up in the darndest places. Um, sometimes they're like tower, entire town remotes and things. But he is a legend. And it's not always like that. You know, it, it isn't, you know, people are, have different lives now. You don't have to have a winter job if, in the CFL anymore. And if it is, you might be back in the States. But I love the Canadian Football League, and George Reed represented the best of the Canadian Football League on and off the field. I think we've covered everything, have we? Oh, I, you know, one thing I did miss, Nashville has claimed Samuel Fajamo. He is a small, fast, goal-scoring winger. And for those of you who say, oh, come on, Raphael Lavoie will clear, uh-uh, uh-uh. Sam Fajamo, small, skilled shooter, volume shooter, goal scorer. They're valuable. They're they're very it's like a giant giant block of gold that you're putting on waivers. Bad idea. Bad idea. Sound like I'm scolding it. Scolding a child. Um, okay, we have the lines for you, and then we're taking a break. McDavid between Hyman and Drysaddle, Ryan between Holloway and Yanmark, Hamblin between Ernie and Lavoie, Malone is centering Griffith and Borgo, Kulak CC, Gleason with Broberg listed on the right side, but both are left handed. Either could play the right side. Deneen with Kemp and Campbell starting Pickard backing up. Cam Lewis on the way from Jay's Nation. Who's going to start? Who is the regular season MVP? Are they going to go leather or wood in the lineup? We'll find out next. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Declan plays this music because it matches how he walks around. He's like a stealthy guy in his tippy toes. Very nice. I mean, it's a good look for you. A lot of swag, a lot of confidence. What can I say? Early morning burglar. Mm. I like it. It works. Okay. Mobbing with the DRA. Uh, Jason Greger saying Everly, Yamamoto, Shore, Larson, and Schultz will play their former Edmonton teammates tonight. So it's the it's the Oilers versus the Oilers West. A lot of uh, it's like the New York Rangers in 1994 is what that lineup is. Do we have Mr. Lewis on the phone? Is this correct? From Jay's Nation, Cam Lewis joining us now. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. The weather outside indicates that it's time for postseason baseball, and I'm very excited. There's a chill in the air, and I need you to help me because, like, I know it's been a long year, and I know that Jays fans have been waiting for another championship almost as long as Oilers fans have been waiting for another championship, and I get that. But I'm I'm a little surprised by the cynicism of, and maybe it's just my Twitter machine, which is always cynical, but they made it, and that you, that has to count for something. And I think if you're a Jays fan, you should be cheering like mad right now. Yeah, I do think it's, <clears throat> it's a funny thing because, I mean, I was born in 1993, just a few months before the Blue Jays won their most recent World Series. And I started watching the team in the early 2000s. And 
throughout pretty much my entire upbringing. They were never close to making the playoffs. And I mean, bear in mind the, 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 it's easier to make it in now that there's six teams per league. It's not the same thing as being the one wild card team in 2006 or whatever, but yeah. it's kind of stunning to me that so many fans just scoff at the idea of an 89 win season as though that was something that was happening at all in the mid to late nineties or the entire two thousands. It's, it's, it's a strange one for me. Well, and I, I think, you know, I watched baseball for, I remember watching baseball in the sixties and it didn't matter whether it was Jim Palmer on the mound or Greg Maddox on the mound or whatever in a postseason game, good pitching beats good hitting every time. And the Jays have good pitching. Yeah, they really do. I mean, um, the, the kind of ironic thing here is I think a lot of the angst towards the blue Jays this season just comes down to a lack of patience around, the front office that joined the Blue Jays in 2016, Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins came from Cleveland, the team in 2015, Alex Anthopoulos' team had done so well. And now we're getting into what is it? The eighth season with these guys. And it's still, you know, zero playoff wins outside of the inherited team in 2016. So I think that's where a lot of the angst comes from. But that being said, you look back at 2016, and the Cleveland team that did beat the Jays in the playoffs. And you compare that to the 2023 Blue Jays right now. And, this is a team with that same level of pitching. And if they can get the offense from their big guns, that's Bo and that's Vlad, that's George Springer. He's a very October tested player. If they can get the offense from those guys and the pitching comes through, this is a team just like 2016 Cleveland that can do some serious damage in October. What's your rotation for this? uh, Well, for the, the short series. I think that, yeah, you definitely want to start Kevin Gosman in game one. That's the fortunate thing about, locking things up before the Sunday game 162 earlier in the season. It was a start in Minnesota back in late May. I think it was the twins had a really good time hitting off of Chris Bassett. So I might go former Minnesota twin Jose Barrios in game two and see if maybe going up against his former team gives him the adrenaline to have a great start in the second game. But I also have Yusei Kikuchi ready to go in either game two or game three behind Barrios or Bassett because the Twins have had a really bad time with left-handed pitching this year. So I think that gives the Jays another dynamic to get through all of these innings. Would you consider, if they win game one with with Gosman, would you consider consider going with the lefty in game two or is that too risky? I don't think it's a terrible idea, to be honest with you. I just think, I feel like Kikuchi is less likely to give you the length. There isn't really the... There isn't the same amount of experience that a Barrios or a Bassett brings in because both of those guys have pitched in October before. That isn't the case with Kikuchi. And I think for him, he he did really well for the Blue Jays last year out of the bullpen. It was a completely different season for him. He turned everything around in 2023 and was significantly better. But the one bright spot for Kikuchi in 2022 was the fact that in September, when he went to the bullpen, he was really good for the team. So he could actually be a weapon for the Blue Jays in that role. You think back, I mentioned the 2016 Cleveland. Think back to what they had with Andrew Miller, who could come in and pick up five, six outs in the middle of the game. So you dovetailed beautifully there. Every time we say dovetail, everybody should get a free pizza, but we're not there yet. We're working on it. But that dovetails with me asking you about the bullpen, because if you have to go, I want to know from the fifth inning on who you bring in. Who do you trust if if the starter gets a little trouble in the fifth inning and you got to bring somebody in, who do you trust there? And then the seventh, and then I think we know who closes. I think it would have been about a month ago, I would have told you it was Trevor Richards in that spot. 
But since he came back from his injured list stint in August, he's had a really rough time. I think over his last 15 outings of the season, he had an ERA of around 10. So it's hard to imagine um, Richards in that spot. I think if you have to pull one of Toronto's starters early, I like the Kikuchi option that I mentioned, if you're probably going up against the series of left-handed hitters. But the other option would be Jordan Hicks, I think. He can pitch multiple innings, uh, has done that in the past in his career. Chad Green, another player as well, who can do multiple innings. So I think there's a few different names to go to there. It's, a lot of it's going to come down to matchups too. Like I said, the Twins don't do quite as well against lefty hitting as you'd think they would. So I, I actually do think Kikuchi is going to factor in quite a bit here. So the, the question I always ask myself, because teams usually have, um, you know, they, they have a, a, a good defensive roster or they have a, a great, you know, hitting roster. So is it, are they going to favor the wood over the leather in this series or where do you see them? Is everybody going to be a rabbit in the center field shortstop or are they going to maybe try to slide a bat in a little bit? I think this is kind of the difference between the Blue Jays team that got swept in very unfortunate fashion last year by Seattle. The team that they're bringing into Minnesota this year is very different. There's a lot of guys in the lineup uh, that, they've, that they've added, Dalton Varshow, Kevin Kiermeyer, guys like that who kind of change the element of the team. They play a stronger defense. Um, their pitchers allow some contact, so that's what you need. We saw last year in Game 2, there was that collision in the outfield with George Springer playing center and Bo Bichette playing short. So you're trying to avoid things like that this year with the better, better defensive group. And then I think also with those speedy outfielders, you have more of an element of being able to play, I guess, 2015 Kansas City Royals-style ball where you lead off the eighth or ninth inning with a walk, and then you bring in the pinch runner, and they move over to second, and you're trying to play that kind of game, more so than what the Jays were doing last year, which was home runs, big innings, rallies, and, and that sort of offense. So I need you to settle an argument that I'm having, and it goes like this. I, a buddy of mine and I are having a disagreement about who the MVP is. I'm not going to tell you who uh, of the Jays this year. If you had to pick an MVP, who would it be? That's actually a really tough one. I think there's a lot of players who have kind of stepped up and done a lot of things. There's a bunch of guys in the bullpen who have pitched a bunch of innings. The starters were all fantastic, all four of the main starters. Uh, there was different situations. Matt Chapman was so good in April. Bo was really good in the middle of the season. Gladys heated up down the stretch. But I think I have to go with Kevin Gosman. The starting rotation was the strength of the Blue Jays this season, and Gosman's the guy at the front of that. He had, you know, a few bad starts, as most pitchers do, but almost every fifth day you could expect. Gosman's going to give them length. He's going to give the team a chance to win, and he's right up there now with, with, with some of the Blue Jays' all-time pitchers. He's had two fantastic seasons here. Yeah, and if you are playing fantasy baseball, pick him next year. The way to look at all fantasy pitchers is strikeout for nine innings divided by wins. And he didn't. Get, I don't think he got enough win for wins for how well he pitched this year. He should have been fifteen and nine. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it was a huge story last year how shockingly poorly the Jays did with Gosman starting, and that was both offensively and defensively. You wonder if I don't know, maybe the bats take a day off when they see that pitcher going. They think, yeah. Not as much pressure. I don't know about that. But, you know, um, Gosman also the defense behind him, too, last year. They had the batted average on balls in play was historically bad. And I think that was a big reason why the Jays this offseason made so many changes to their roster that favored defense. And, I mean, things did help. But the, the Jays still refused to score runs for Kevin Gosman. So they really have to change that in game one against Minnesota. Yeah, I think that's fair. Cam Lewis, Jays Nation, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. 
All right. You're a smart guy. Good stuff. Gives good information. Speaking of good information, um, we're getting people texting us, and we are aware. There's a power outage in Wetasco, and we're currently off the air on the AM dial. Still available on streaming, iHeart Rap app, <laughs> radio app. Damn it. Radio Player Canada app online at sports1440.ca. So... Lots of ways to listen, and the podcast will be up. I'm going to go ahead and call my shot like Babe Ruth and say in record time for uh, for this reason with this okay. power outage. Well, I think we've done a great show so far. It'd be a shame if people couldn't hear it, you know. Well, you've done a great show. I haven't done too much. Now, we did just get a text in, uh, no name here. You're back on the AM dial. Oh, so well, there you, oh we're back on. Looks like something's been say. resolved that I didn't hear yeah. about. Right. Well, what it means is Low Tide mentioned it, and then the radio gods. He made it so. Took care of it. He said, get this done or I'm out of here. Bring her of And rain. they said, ooh, we don't need Declan running the show. We'll fix this. This is wrong. So, Declan's five minutes away from owning the show. Tom um, Ramgems. <laughs> I, I just wish you would, you know, whenever I say that, you don't protest anymore. Um, you just, you I know, know what I'm about. I'm, uh, people are texting in, in memes now. I... My brain doesn't go quickly enough for that. You might want to hold off and send it by mail, and then I'll get it and be able to respond to it. There was a bunch of waivers, and we did the we did the the claims a minute ago. Everybody else cleared except Fajamo from the LA Kings is gone to Nashville, and Harkins got picked up as well. So that's the deal there. Looking for the blasted thing. Where the heck is it? I'm going to go to Cap Friendly. This shouldn't take this long. But there were there were enough things on waivers that I want to bring them to your attention. Okay, that's how big it was. Jeez, there was 122 transactions last week in the NHL. You believe that? Absolutely incredible. Can you find the... the I, I'm literally unable to find it right now. I don't know why. The the, tra- the 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 waivers for NHL teams today. Fajimo got claimed. Pittsburgh claimed Jansen Harkins. And then there was a pile of NHL waivers that I thought Cap Friendly had reported. Maybe it was Puckpedia. And I'm being punished for not going to Puckpedia first. That could be it. Oh, here we go. Chris Johnston has it. NHL players on waivers today. Glenn Godden from Anaheim, Travis Barron from Arizona, Cameron Crotty from Arizona, Jan Yenick, uh, Steve Kampfer, Justin Kirkland, a really good player, uh, and John Leonard from Arizona, Ryan McGregor from Arizona. Good Lord, do they have a lot of players that they're sending out. They had a, signed every PTO known to man. Matt Villada, uh, Kyle Kayser from Boston, Clark Bishop from Calgary, Oscar Dansk from Calgary. I don't want to hear if I'm mispronouncing names. I don't care. Ben Jones from Calgary, Colton Pullman from Calgary, Wyatt Amolt from Colorado, uh, Corey Schoenman from Colorado, Gavin Bayreuther from Dallas, Nick Camino from Dallas, Frederick Carlston from Dallas, Derek Pouliot, well-known name, from Dallas, Rasmus Asplund, there's a guy, there's a center, maybe, from Florida, Lucas Carlson, Gerald Mayhew, Chris uh, Criscolo from New Jersey, Luis Belpidio from Philadelphia, Adam Brooks from Philly, Rhett Gardner, Gardner from Philadelphia, Cooper Marodi, uh, former Edmonton Oilers, and Victor Mete from Philadelphia. So there you go. There's some good names in there. 
There's some names that I made up in there too, but I bet you couldn't tell. Rasmus Asplin, he had Selkie votes two seasons back. Well, you never know. I almost went back to bed. <laughs> That's the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me. My future includes AM radio. Then never go off the air. Ice fishing and AM radio. Can't wait. Oh, yeah. That's the good stuff. Have you ever been ice fishing, Declan? No, never. I'm not a big fisher, so I don't well, like the cold. So. But here, here's a little secret about ice fishing. It's not about fishing. Right. It's about the good times you spend with it's the It's about drinking. Yeah. You know, the... the it's like it's like people go. Are you going curling or bond spieling? There's a difference, <laughs> right? Right. So, you get a little fortress, and you get a little, you know, some kind of heater, yeah. uh, and then you get a little bit of little bit of, and it's all good. The real fish we caught were the friends along the way. Oh my god! How about that? So Try nicely, that one on for size. So nicely put in there. I had that one ready. It was a slide piece that we enjoyed. Do, now, do we have a guest before one o'clock? We do not. We have Jason Greger coming up at 1 o'clock. That's going to be over the phone. And then we have Michael Sean Dugar, Seahawks, Seahawks so, beat reporter. Well, Greg, Greger's no longer doing the live hits. He's too important now. I mean, he, we've been doing this for a month now, and he's already, you know, well, holy mackerel. To his credit, we did have to switch his time around for uh, for Michael. So he, he's making it work for us, and we appreciate him, but it will be over the phone. This is, you know, this is what's going to happen to Travis Kelsey. He's, all of a sudden, he's not going to be able to show up for things. I'm sorry, I'm a little busy. Yeah, but I come on, like you. Yeah. Well, I understand. <laughs> Listen, if I was dating Taylor Still, Swift, you know, well, my work is taking a dip in quality. It's already pretty low, but it's getting worse. If I'm dating Taylor Swift, well, the, the, this I feel sorry for Jason Kelsey now. He's got the big eyebrows, and nobody loves him. It's yeah, terrible. He's got a wife and a Super Bowl ring. He's doing okay, and he's he's the maybe the best center in the NFL. Damn straight, he is highest ranked center ever on the NFL player list top 100. When are they going to make that play illegal where they're on fourth and one and you can't stop the <laughs> Eagles because there's 700 Eagles in the box? The tush push. They're they're looking at it for next season. Okay, to to outlaw it. I do like tush push though. It's clever. It rolls off the tongue. Yeah, and maybe there'll be a dance. Maybe you could invent the dance and then show us on, what would you show that on? Would that be, what 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 format would that go on? That uh, that would be an Instagram reel. Are you sure? Yeah. Might be on something else. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. I don't know that song, but it's funny. It's the Lowdown. On Sports 1440, round the outside, round the outside, round the outside. That's Eminem. You're listening to The Lowdown, powered by Wolf GMC Buick. I, I must have missed that song. So uh, you were promoting your OnlyFans with the Tush Push, and now people are saying it's Shoverly Love. Yeah, the Brotherly Shove. Oh. The Brotherly Shove, which I I like that name way more. We got to get that going. We got to coin I that. have to say, I like all of them. Tush Push is good, but... but Shoverly love, somebody said, and you said, what was it? Brotherly shove. Yeah. No one said shoverly bruv or whatever you keep saying. Okay, from 403 shove. right there at 1238. Oh, they did. Shoverly Uh-oh. love. You'd be just calling me a liar here. Declan got know. caught. Declan got wow. caught. Wow. It was, it was our friend Spaghetti who texted in, stop calling it the tush push. It's the brotherly shove, yeah. which I love and hope gets coined. Yeah, that's good. What did you do last week that was funny that you didn't know? Nope. What's that again? I don't know. Most of what I do is pretty hilarious. No, no, I'm but you, you, you blew it and you were like, you said, I don't think so, or you called me on it. It was quite funny. I don't want to remember. <laughs> that, sounds like, that sounds like four to five days a week. <laughs> this one was funny, and I'm, it's gone, of course, because my brain doesn't work. Please text us with what, what, what did Declan do silly last week? 833-401-1440. And don't text everything. Just pick the worst one.
I don't want to see the whole list. You know, I I, I really think that you overestimate your 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 full pause. Yeah, maybe. Own worst critic, though. I think that's everybody. Totally, yeah. totally, totally. The the Eagles call it the brotherly shove. Okay, all right. Well, then we got to stay with that. I'm glad that people are lightening up about the Taylor Swift thing, though, right? I mean, she's just cheering for her guy. And I have checked with some of the women that I know out there, and apparently he's got it going on. Like, this isn't just some fakey thing. He's a good-looking man who has the feet. Great-looking guy. Yeah. Uh, maybe the best tight end in NFL history. Certainly top five. Two-time Super Bowl champion in the national spotlight continuously because of the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he makes $14 million a year. So you could do worse. Yeah. You could do worse than Travis Kelsey. Well, I... I don't. I think he's off the market, right? I think so. Like, I mean, he he is absolutely just every night. I guarantee he's going to bed, going, "What the hell? What blind, dumb good luck did I run into?" Oh, he's 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 taking a little extra time on his prayers every night before bed and thanking the Lord for yeah, setting sure. him up with Taylor Swift. Yeah, I can hardly wait till he starts saying, "You know, I chose you, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Doctor." Um, caught stop. Oh yeah, people are mad about the tush push. I didn't realize that it was, you know. And then we did get a photograph of ice fishing and catching a nice fish. I think it was a fish. And also he could have purchased it at the at the you know grocery store, but I don't think he did. He's got some good equipment there. You notice the, the tackle box and he's got a heater. I don't see the liquid though. Maybe he's the one person in the world who doesn't go out there and have a wobbly. I doubt it. Billy Joel did Salisbury Hill. That was what it was. Oh my God, that was fun! I hate to laugh yeah. at your expense again because I did before. <laughs> oh man, that was funny. Yeah, that was a that was a really bad one. I Remember that time you said that Billy Joel did Salisbury Hill instead of Peter Gabriel, and I laughed, and now I'm doing it again. I didn't say it like with definity. You did. You did. I just you said. You wait, said. Was that I don't, Billy Joel? You said Billy. No, you did not. No, no, because we were playing I'm Billy the Joel tape. song. Don't even think I'm not going to find the tape. You said Billy Joel. Well, you can find the podcast tweeted uh, tweeted out at Declan Kruger or wherever you get your podcast. But I will say we were talking about our favorite Billy Joel song, and I said Vienna. And then I was like, uh, Salisbury Hill was that Billy Joel? No, we you found didn't out say, it wasn't. You did not say that. I think it was like that. No, well, that's your mind playing tricks on you. Well, I look. I revisionist memory. Tell you what, when you make a mistake, I do one thing. You know what that is? I shut my mouth. Oh, I don't know about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do think. because I want it to just hang in the air, hang in the air. You'll find when you go into your life and you I, have arguments with the people you love, when they say something that is really like just out there, just let it, let it just bleed. And then you know you've won. Right. I never won anything, but I, I, I tried. Because you can't lose. No, wait, that doesn't work. Have Taylor has a history of not clean breakups. They're the messiest of messy. But isn't that what gets the song? I don't know her well, and I, I'm, I'm not going to pretend I do. Mm-hmm. But isn't that what happens? Then she writes three great albums, and everybody loves her more. Yeah, and they all become like the biggest albums in the world until her next one comes out. That's the new biggest album in the world. She's got the formula down. She knows what she's doing. Well, and, and you know, I mean, uh, the one thing I will say is I, I think there was a, a lot of people who were a little bit jealous of the fame because I saw a lot oh, of, of guys tweeting out saying she's just trying to get more famous. I'm like, I don't think she can. Like, I think she's got I think she's bringing people to the NFL, not the other way around. The way I described it to my dad, the best way to describe Taylor Swift's fame is that she moves the needle for the NFL. Yeah. Do you know how famous you have to be to move the needle for the NFL? Very she rare. She does that. I, t- I said to somebody the other day who's older, 
I said it's like Ali in 75, who was so famous, they, there was a hit song about him. Muhammad the Black Superman by Johnny Wakelin and the Kinshasa Band. And that's how famous he was. And uh, you could probably do a song about Taylor Swift. Oh, surely. You know, Swifties rock, Swifties roll. I, I mean, I'm not a lyricist, but... <laughs> Obviously completely different genres, but I still liken her to Michael Jackson. I mean, Michael Jackson was the biggest star in the world for decades, and Taylor Swift seems to be at least nearing that point. <laughs> like, we're, we're, when have you ever talked about Taylor Swift before these past two weeks? No. I, well, I, I, I did one talk, time, time talk about that song that people were sick of um, that I liked. And um, I don't remember the name of it now, but people were all mad about it. It was all over every radio station. And I, it was uh, Shake It Off. That was yeah, it. that's a good yeah. one. She doesn't have a bad song. Low Tide knows this is a great strategy for arguments as he has had it used against him many times. That's right. That's right. This is like if Madonna in back in the day decided to attend and date a player. I think it's even more than that. Because I Ma agree. Madonna had some things that, you know, that picture book and other things that sort of made her a little more controversial. I don't, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't see Taylor Swift as being a terribly controversial person. As incredible and as famous and as legendary as Madonna was, I think Taylor Swift has surpassed her in terms of fame. So she would be like as big as Elvis and the Beatles, or are we going too far? I don't know if it's quite that big. But I really, I think tier one, I've, I've said it, I'm starting to sound like a broken record. I think tier one is the Beatles, Elvis, Michael Jackson, and I think Taylor Swift is now in that tier two. Now, who else is there with her? I'm not sure. I'm not going to sit here and fixate about it, but I think she's in that second tier of fame. Okay. Well, I mean, that's a better guess than I could give because I'm, you know, I'm back trying to figure out how Jethro Tull isn't more popular. So I was a Jefferson Starship guy. I can't believe they never made it to never made it to to the A list. They they were um, there. I like their music. I have to say, I like really like that song, Sarah. I don't know if you know that one. Yeah, it's a uh, Bob Dylan cover. <laughs> <laughs> we we are far enough apart in age that that you are just going to say things even when you're trying to be funny that are just flat out funny. Thank you. Yeah, that's what I do. Which well, well, it makes it easier for me. I can just genuinely laugh. Um, Taylor switch dates everyone, and her and Travis are a weird looking couple. They won't last. I don't I don't know what looking has to do with it. Um, I and besides, I think they're pretty good looking people. I know she is. I'm not a good judge of male. Good lookingness, are you? Yes, I, I will say Sidney Poitier was a good looking man. Yeah, he was great. You know, he that's the that's the part when I go, okay, that guy, I bet he got dates. Oh, yeah, him and Rob Lowe. Yeah, I don't know about Rob Lowe. Nah, forget it then. Um, we'll get back to we'll get back to NHL Tom rumors. Bosley from Happy Days. Also, all right. good looking man. Um, all right, so the lineup for the orders we should go over that today because. I think I think we're going to... You know what I think is going to happen? I'm, I'm going to tell you this now. The, the top line is McDavid, Hyman, Dreisaitl. That's what's listed. I think they might check down to that, from that. And because you've got Lavoie on the third line with Hamlin and Ernie, and you need to see if Lavoie can skate with the big boys. The whole line, the top line is like searing talent. And then Ryan is centering Yanmark and Holloway. You'd like, you'd like Holloway to play a more substantial with a more substantial center. And you'd like Lavoie to do the same thing and Borgo to do the same thing. So if you went McDavid, pretty good. Dreisaitl, uh, acceptable. And then went 
even Holloway in the middle, but like some combination of of Hamblin, Malone, Ryan in the middle. I'd like to see as many. I'd like to see McDavid with Lavoie and Holloway, and then Drysidle with Borgo and I guess Hamblin. I, I, why not? I know it's not going to happen, but you might as well play these kids with skill just on the off chance somebody gets hurt and you've got to see if Raphael Lavoie can, you know, find quiet ice and get a pass from Connor McDavid. If he did that and scored a goal, that, I think he's got the team made. I only take Streddy's opinion on men seriously from Stu. That's fair. You know, Streddy's got the, he's got the, he's got the blue jeans. Remember that time he was in a blue jean contest or something? Streddy? Yeah. Not really, but oh, it sounds well. like something he would do. Well, it was historic. Um, I, I think he was in a singing competition, and his blue jeans took over. That might have been it. He, he went Bruce Springsteen with it? A little bit. All right, I got one for you. Hey, Tide, how nice would Nolan Patrick look in the Oilers' oh, bottom six this, right now? This is an individual. I mentioned it at the beginning of our shows together. I mentioned it every day for three days in a row, and this fellow comes in every day to say it. And I I was on it, man. I was on it because I thought it was a great idea, but he's hurt. He isn't playing. So it's it's just not going to happen. But I I avoid that every day and you picked up on it. So good job. Good job. I like um, to the pot. It's fine. LT if the Oilers want any chance of winning a cup this year, Connor and Leon never play together from day 1. They need to have two strong lines because that's where weaknesses show when the playoff comes from RL. I'm going to disagree with you slightly. And here's why. Now, the playoffs are right. When when they were off the ice, the Oilers had trouble against Vegas. But during the year, they figured it out. They actually really did figure it out. Every player, except Leon Solo without McDavid, had more uh, either a 50% goal share or more than 50% goal share. Jay Woodcraft is a really good coach. Now, he didn't check down like he should have to the Ryan McLeod line against the Vegas Golden Knights. But even that, it wasn't like there was 200 minutes of, of evidence. It looked like it, there was. there's strong evidence. There's analytical evidence that analytics people have pointed to that suggests that if they had pulled off the uh, the what, what had become the sort of makeshift second line and put McLeod in there, his line in there was doing better work. So didn't happen, but I, I think he's a pretty smart guy. People are still saying we're back on. We really appreciate you telling us that back on the air. Do we get paid even though we're not on the air, right? Like, I guess they get paid. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're not cutting They're not cutting low tide salary. Well, I mean, you know, the dog and treats, are, it's really adding up. If you missed it, there were a couple of um, waiver pickups. Samuel Fajamon is gone from L.A. Good player. I... I I think his big problem is that he's he's on a team that had so many really good players who were young, Arthur Kalia being one of them. But didn't happen. That's life. There's been good, some good players claimed off waivers now. Lassie Thompson was claimed off waivers. That's an unusual name for, for an individual. Lassie. Lassie, come home. Did you ever watch Lassie? I'm. I'm. I think I must have when I was a kid, but uh, never, I don't know. I don't remember it well. Well, you're young, and I don't know that it was on a lot. And Pittsburgh claimed uh, yet Jansen Harkins, by the way, as well. Kato Yamamoto was interviewed today. 
in Seattle and asked about, you know, playing against his old team, and he said it's going to be a little different. I think that's fair. I, I guarantee Leon won't won't hammer him into the into the boards. I, he will not do that. And Nashville clean Fajimo, a good player. Good God, I missed your voice. I love it. Well, that's very nice. Oh, I love you, LT. This person says they love me. Lalo, thank you. They speak for the masses. Well, I just think everybody should just text that in, you know, and then I can photograph it. <laughs> And send it out. Put it on the wall, frame it. Yeah, you know, not bad. When your kids come home, like, hey, guys, look at this. People people love me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I say that at home, and nobody cares. Just <laughs> absolute zero it. care. It goes over their head. They don't get it. Convinced Oilers aren't interested in Lavoie or he'd get the shot with 29 or 97. I, I, I think they are interested in him, and I think they are going to. Um, now I'm getting I love you. This is great. I'm just saying, not being on a line in preseason with Connor and Leon doesn't indicate a team's they interest hate level him. in you. They hate him. He's done. He might as well retire. It's like, all over. The day is ruined. Like how many scenarios are there where he'd play on the top six in the regular Why season? Why work? Raphael Lavoie isn't on the line with McDavid. The world is ending. That's it. Pack up your troubles in your old kit bag. It's over. I can't tell if we're agreeing or not right now. I'm being I'm being over the top ridiculous. Of okay. course it doesn't matter. You know, he's on a line with Hamlin and Ernie and he scored on a line with with Kukukju the other night. It doesn't matter. That's a line from a Beatles song. The Eggman. Walrus. I think Lavoie needs to play on lines that play the style that he will be expected to play this year. He needs to show he can produce on third, fourth line, guys. Do you know why he scored the other night? Great shot. He eased into the center part of the ice, and he got a good angle. But Philip Broberg's, but nobody likes Philip Broberg. There's a, the, the news is out all over town on Broberg. He's sort of like Darnell Nurse, lowercase Darnell Nurse. Everybody's mad at him because he got himself drafted by the orders when the orders meant to draft Zegers which is a lie, of course, but people are mad at Broberg, which is nuts. But Broberg sent a gorgeous pass to Lavoie, and that's why they—that's why he had the opportunity to score. So you're in the camp of there's no player accountability for where they're drafted. Yes. They, they sit with their suits and their mom and dad who love them, and they're drafted, and mom hugs them, and dad shakes their hand, and probably both of them are crying a little bit, and that is one of my favorite parts of the sport. I love it. You know, Philip Broberg was proud that day, and every day since he's been hammered because he was taken number eight overall. It just, it, it is wrong-headed to me. You know, you can say, boy, the Oilers did not pick the right guy. Okay, let's talk about that. That is, let's disassociate Philip Broberg for the conversation about where Philip Broberg was drafted. Not his fault. I just disagree in principle. Like, I'm not speaking specifically to Broberg's case, but mm-hmm. I think when you're drafted, you're a top 10, top 5, even first-round pick, there has to be certain expectations on you that you have to meet. And if you haven't met them by a certain threshold, I think there's an issue. Five years. That's what I do. He's in his fifth year. Let's yeah. see what he is. He's already played in the NHL successfully. Yes. I, but he and has I'm, not I'm not out on Broberg. Four. I'm well, not out on Broberg. Clearly right you stretch. hate him. It's obvious. No, no, no. I mean, it couldn't be more obvious if you tried. Okay, it's 12.57. I've gone late. Jason Greger is on the way. This is Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440, and it's time for an update. This is a Sports 1440 update. For your Sports 1440 update, in case you missed it, Brandon Sutter has retired from professional hockey after being released from his PTO with the Oilers. 
Sutter appeared in 770 career regular season games, had 152 goals, 137 assists for 289 points total. Oilers, of course, in preseason action tonight in Seattle. Puck drop at 8. MLB playoffs are set. The Jays grab the sixth seed in the AL, and they will have a first-round matchup with the Twins. Game one goes Tuesday, just after 2.30 our time. Other first-round series in the AL, Rangers and the Rays with the Orioles and Astros getting the first round by. And in the NL, it's the Diamondbacks versus the Brewers and the Marlins versus the Phillies, Braves and Dodgers, the one and two seeds there with the bye. Trevor Zegras has signed an extension with the Anaheim Ducks, three years at a $5.75 million average annual value, and sad news out of the CFL as legend. George Reed has passed away at the age of 83 yesterday. Reed played 13 years in the league, retired as the game's all-time leading rusher in 1976. He had 16,116 rushing yards and 134 rushing touchdowns at the time of his retirement, the latter a record that still stands today. NBA news, former league MVP and three-time scoring champion James Harden was not at Philadelphia 76ers media day today. In a quote from GM Daryl Morey, he said, he's not here today. He continues to seek a trade and we're working with his representation to resolve in a way that best suits the 76ers and hopefully all parties. NFL action tonight. It is the Seahawks and the Giants in Monday Night Football game at 6.15 and you can join Connor Halley at the Windermere Canadian Brewhouse for that one. I'm Declan Kruger, and that's your Sports 1440 Update.